From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get to the show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you for always riding with the Wrestling DeLorean. Without you, there is no us. Thank you for always downloading the podcast and following us on all the social medias. Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. On Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And once again, don't forget to check out the YouTube page. A lot of good shit going down in the YouTube page right now. That's Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on YouTube. We have a super stack show for you guys today. I'm going to give you a brief rundown of my thoughts on NXT this past Tuesday since we didn't do a show yesterday. And I'm going to give you all my thoughts on everything that went down in AEW's Dynamite last night on TNT. As well as we are going to be going back in time to 2006 because just like we do on every Thursday, today is making an impact where we run down the history of TNA Impact. So stay tuned for all that. Hope everyone enjoys the show. Sit back, relax, grab your favorite beverage, grab some popcorn, strap in your seatbelt to the wrestling DeLorean, and let's come along for the ride. Woo! First and foremost, I want to thank everybody for joining us today, and I want to thank everybody for always riding with the Wrestling DeLorean. Thank you for always making me a part of your morning routine. I appreciate you guys. I uh, honestly been under the weather lately. I've been dealing with a lot of health issues, and that's pretty much why I didn't do a show yesterday. I've been trying to get through it, but I am I apologize. I didn't, you know, I wasn't able to do the show yesterday, but we are back, and I appreciate everyone's patience. I love you all. So, let's talk about the news for yesterday and the news for today. Because I, I want to do some catch-up work, you know? Uh, it was noted that before the NXT taping on Tuesday, there was a lot of tension running high um, in NXT. I mean, rightfully so with all the releases. It don't matter if you're getting pushed or not. You're on the chopping block. And that's very, very hard to, you know, fathom. It was also noted that Triple H had no say in the recent NXT releases. It all had to do with Vince McMahon and uh, I guess his higher-up teams, the Nick Cons, the uh, John Laurinaitis, the... Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so um, Triple H had nothing to do with the releases. So for everyone who is like Triple H, you're ruining your own baby. It wasn't Triple H's fault. It was the fault of one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. 
It is noted that Andrade said that he wants the whole family in AEW. And when he says all family, he means Ric Flair. He means Roosh. He means Dragon Lee. He means Charlotte Flair. So there's a lot of speculation right now. Would Charlotte Flair actually go to AEW? I mean, shit. Why not? Charlotte Flair has done everything there is to do in the WWE to the point that every single time she wrestles for that title, I find it so stale. And that's coming from someone who really thinks that Charlotte Flair is the best women's wrestler in the world today. So if Charlotte Flair went elsewhere, I think that it would be interesting television. I would be all for it. But, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. I don't know if Charlotte does. She may be loyal to the WWE. Or she may be loyal to her family. So we shall see. Speaking of AEW... Max Caster was taken off AEW Dark and suspended for his last rap that he did on AEW Dark. You know, the very controversial one that we talked about where he's joking about rape and mental illness and and a teenager's you-know-what parts. Really distasteful stuff for Max Caster. I know he's playing the heel, and there's a lot of people arguing, oh, he's just being the heel. Yeah, but you know what? There's a certain, you know, like, you know, there's a certain limit you can't do. This shit. You can't say this shit on TV and expect people to not, you know, get upset about it. Fightful is reporting that Bray Wyatt wasn't taken off TV because of his mental health issues. Which is saying a lot. Because that was a story making the rounds for a lot of months. That uh, Bray Wyatt was dealing with depression after Brody Lee's death. That's why he wasn't on TV. If that wasn't the case, then... I'm even more baffled because that says that WWE just literally kept him at home for no reason. If that's the case, what the hell? Why would you not want this guy on your television? Why would you not want this guy? It, it don't make sense to me. Like Stuff like that don't make no sense to me because, honestly, if you had a guy like Bray Wyatt and you're in a time period where you're lacking star power, why is this guy not on TV? I don't know. Even if he's injured, you couldn't do Firehouse Fly, Firefly Funhouse vignettes. You couldn't do anything. Interactions with him and Alexa Bliss. Nothing. Seriously, I I I don't believe that. I I can't believe that. That's just stupid to me. But anyway, there's a lot that's not making sense right now in WWE. Something that isn't making sense also is the. Rumor and innuendo that Adam Cole was offered $1 million to stay with the WWE. It is now coming out that that is false. Like I said on the podcast a couple days ago, I did not see Adam Cole getting offered a $1 million when they're trying to cut budgets and getting rid of million-dollar contracts and big-name contracts. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Adam Cole fan. I love Adam Cole. But, but, big but there... As much as I love Adam Cole, it don't make sense to offer Adam Cole a million when you just got rid of Bray Wyatt because of his million dollar contract and his budget cut. It don't make sense to give a million dollars to Adam Cole when you just got rid of Braun Strowman. So there you go. I I don't see it. Now it's coming out that Adam Cole was indeed offered a contract, but... There is no word on any push or any major storyline or anything that Adam Cole will have going forward. There's not much of a push to keep him in the company. 
so that tells you right there. I mean, yeah, he might be, he might be wanted by the WWE, but he's not needed by the WWE. So it's going to be really interesting after Takeover Thirty Six if Adam Cole does indeed walk, because right now it kind of looks like he will. And where does he go? I mean, I think the obvious choice is AEW. And if Adam Cole goes to AEW, he's going to really cause a lot of, you know... Because the situation is this. Adam Cole's last night is TakeOver, right? Adam Cole could have probably the best match on TakeOver with Kyle O'Reilly in the 2 out of 3 falls match, which we'll talk about in a little bit when we run down NXT. And then Adam Cole could turn around that next Wednesday and be on Dynamite. Think about that. And even if you don't want to do a turnaround that quick, I'm sure there's going to be some type of casino battle royal or some shit on uh, the pay-per-view on September 5th, all out. Adam Cole is likely to be that, you know, mystery opponent or mystery participant. My, the point of what I'm trying to say is Adam Cole could literally show up on the very next episode of NXT. Shit, you got TakeOver on Sunday. Adam Cole could be on AEW Elevation on Monday if they wanted to. That That's big. Speaking of AEW, it seems to be that CM Punk is training for an in-ring return. And we all knew this, right? But the people that you know, the, I guess his fellow actors on the new hit show on Star's Heels was saying that he looked like he hasn't missed a step in the ring. They say that he's in amazing shape. They say that he looks like he's better than he's ever been. So that's all good news. It's funny because CM Punk was just, he finally made an appearance on a podcast. He was on the Sunday night's main event podcast. I just want to say, Shouts to all my fellow wrestling podcasts out there. Sunday night's main event, two-man power trip, the Dirty Heels, Jobber Tears podcast, Titantron podcast. Yo, the wrestling podcast community is strong and well. I just want to say shout-out to all you guys. But anyway, CM Punk showed up on the Sunday night uh, main event podcast, and he was asked if he will indeed be on AEW Rampage on the August 20th. He said that he will be in Chicago, but there is a Heels uh, Episode 3 screening in the AMC Theater in Chicago that he will be at. But he was making it really obvious that, you know, this was just him trying to pretend like he's not there. I know I'm not one of these people like, oh, CM Punk confirmed. But I'll tell you this right now. I never thought that he was more confirmed ever in my life because shit. He even sounded like he was stumbling over his, like, excuse why he won't be there. And I'm putting air quotes. I know you can't see, but air quotes. He won't be there. Because what was he supposed to say? Shit, you got me. I'm going to be there. I'll be there. Like, pull a, a fucking Sean Stasiak WrestleMania 17 issue. You know what I mean? No, of course he's going to try to play it off. Same reason why Darby Allen is playing it off by saying, oh, by best, I mean Sammy Guevara. Same reason why CM Punk also said, oh, when Darby Allen said the best in the world, I'm thinking he's talking about Brian Danielson, because isn't he the best in the world? Which, you know, 
Yes, Brian Danson went by the best in the world in the Indies, but shit, like we all know, CM Punk is moniker is the best in the world. But anyway, so I mean, he's just playing the tease game. He's playing the swerve derve. You know what I mean? The swerve swerve. Rah, rah, you know what I mean? Anyway, when we come back, we're going to give you our rundown of NXT, and then later on in the show, we're going to talk all about last night's AEW. Then we're going back in time, and we will be talking all about TNA. Impact Wrestling from March 18th, 2006. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. She's coming out. She says that Raquel Gonzalez, I hope you're watching. She says that she's looking at the next women's champ. Very generic promo here by Dakota Kai. We then get Dakota Kai versus Saray. Saray was supposed to be going against Ember Moon. I don't know the situation, why Ember Moon was not in this matchup. But Dakota Kai goes against Saray. And she wins a good matchup. It was a decent opener. Then Raquel Gonzalez comes out and prevents a post-match beatdown. She gets on the mic and says that Kai never will be champ and she will tear her apart at TakeOver. Very generic stuff here by the women here. Next we got... I mean, I've seen a lot of people like this shit online. I, I, I didn't. This shit was cringy as fuck. The whole Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell date night thing with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae playing mommy and daddy. Ugh, 
they, they're going to follow them on their date. Like, this is borderline cringe, but whatever. The Hit Row, they do a promo on Legato del Fantasma, talk about how Legato del Fantasma disrespected their culture, so they're going to disrespect theirs, and they throw a lucha mask inside of a burning trash can. Very interesting stuff. Ilya Dragunov is here from UK, NXT UK. He says that he's a man. He's not a man of many words. He lets his actions speak. He speaks in violence, and he says that he'll be the next NXT UK champion. He's interrupted by Pete Dunne, and he says that Ilya should thank him for putting NXT UK on the map. Ilya Dragunov challenges Dunne to a matchup tonight, and it is official that will be our main event. Ilya Dragunov versus Pete Dunne, which has the potential of being an amazing matchup. It's just that... You know, Pete Dunne is another guy that's in that role of the Adam Cole role of, is this really it for him? Is he re-signing? Is he not re-signing? Anyway, we got an LA Knight promo, which leads to a matchup between LA Knight and Chase Tatum. LA Knight makes very quick work with Chase Tatum. Teddy Biasi then comes out. He says that Cameron Grimes has a lot more going for him than to just be a butler, and he believes in him. LA Knight says that at TakeOver, it's going to be Knight versus Cameron again. But if Grimes loses this time, Ted DiBiase will be his butler. And Ted DiBiase accepts the challenge. We next get Gigi Dolan versus some uh, jobber. We got more Indy Hartwell, Gargano. I don't really care about this shit. I'm not going to talk about all that, you know. William Regal's in the ring with security. He calls out Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. They say at TakeOver, it will be an undisputed finale, two out of three falls match. Both get to pick the falls, the stipulation of the falls, and William Regal will pick the third fall if it does go to the third fall. Very anticlimactically, Kyle O'Reilly says, well, the first fall, I want a straight-up wrestling match. Like, bro, come on. Ah, come on. I thought we were about to have, you know, two crazy-ass stipulations in that. I just want a straight-up wrestling match. That's, like, come on, bro. Anyway, the, the, something I wanted to say is Kyle O'Reilly seemed nervous here. Kyle O'Reilly was jumbling over his words, and Adam Cole was eating him alive on the mic. Adam Cole was eating Kyle alive on the mic. Anyway, Adam Cole says he wants a street fight for fall number two. Then... William Regal says that if it does go to a third fall, it will be a steel cage match. We got a promo from Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. They call out Ridge Holland and Pete Dunne. Next week is going to be Timothy Thatcher versus Ridge Holland. You know, I really wonder with the whole Vince McMahon wanting a youth movement in NXT and wanting to go back to developmental, what does that mean for guys like Tommaso Ciampa? What does that mean for guys like Timothy Thatcher? Like, I just don't see these guys on Raw and SmackDown. What does it mean for them? Like, they're obviously going to have to move to Raw and SmackDown. I know Timothy, I know uh, Tommaso Ciampa once said that he doesn't have any desire to go on Raw or SmackDown and wants to stay in NXT. So, what do you get rid of one of the most over talents in NXT because he's older? Like, this is see, this is the shit that whole. I don't know, NXT is in a real influx of craziness right now. But anyway, next round in the breakout tournament, we got Odyssey Jones versus Trey Baxter. There was a moment here where Trey Baxter hit a spinning kick and really kicked Odyssey Jones right in the fucking face. 
But it wasn't enough. Odyssey Jones picks up the victory. He will be advancing to the finals. It is announced that next week we're going to be getting Roderick Strong versus Kushida in a Cruiserweight title matchup. And also MSK versus Imperium in an NXT Tag Team title matchup. We next get Boa versus Drake Maverick. Uh, Drake Maverick was on top of the fucking world. And then now Drake Maverick is, you know, squash match material. But anyway, Drake Maverick versus Boa. Boa gets the victory with the help of Mi Yang. Me, my Yang, uh, my Yang. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. I really don't mean any disrespect there. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis. We got the last uh, portion of this cringe shit. Uh, Johnny Gargano is dressed up like a waiter. He brings them a cake. He throws the cake in Dexter Loomis's face. Indy Hartwell is fucking eating the cake off her, his face, saying, "There's always room for desserts." Like what the fuck, bro? Shit's whack. Anyway. We got Target Takeover, Samoa Joe, Karrion Cross video package. Very, very good stuff here. This went a couple minutes, and this really told the in-depth story of why Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross is going down. I'm sure Karrion Cross will be losing this title to Samoa Joe because Samoa Joe is staying on NXT while Karrion Cross is already on the main roster. So why would he, you know, hold on to the NXT title? Only thing that don't make sense here is Samoa Joe is not young. 6'5", 220. So, if you're really going to go with the developmental, why would you have this man as your champion? I don't know. Like, that's, once again, why the reports of Vince McMahon wanting to change NXT back to regular developmental don't really make sense with what's going on currently. But, main event time, we got Pete Dunne versus Ilya Dragunov. This was an insanely hard-hitting matchup. Like, this shit was strong style to a fucking T. These guys killed each other out there. In the end, though, very confusing story uh, booking. I did not understand why Pete Dunne had to pick up the victory. Ilya Dragunov is the number one contender for the NXT UK champion against Walter. Why is he losing to Pete Dunne, a guy who's not even going to be signed with the fucking company come take over I mean unless he signed already I didn't hear nothing but if he's not signed with the company come take over why is this the guy beating the number one contender that didn't make no sense at all to me but I mean shit there's a lot that's not making sense you know that's what I'm saying a lot on this show did not make sense where usually it's very consistent makes a lot of sense I didn't I didn't get it this time. I I wasn't a fan of the Johnny Gargano, you know, the Johnny Gargano, the way shit with Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell. I I wasn't a fan of the whole main event thing here. I'm not really big on some of these matches here. There's a lot of squash matches. Like, NXT is in a transitional period, I'm sure, but damn, can we finish our fucking role to... Take over first. Can we can we stay consistent for a little bit longer? God damn. Anyway, end of the show. Walter comes out. He attacks Ilya Dragunov. Dragunov lays out Walter. So Dragunov cannot beat Pete Dunne, but he can lay out Walter. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I gave this NXT a two out of five stars. Really wasn't hitting it for me. I I, I usually enjoy NXT a lot more, but. This NXT episode just, I don't know, it just wasn't hitting with me. It didn't, you know, have that same flavor than that I'm usually used to. But I got to say, I mean, it's still 
better than Raw and SmackDown. It's just that how much longer are they going to be better than Raw and SmackDown? You know what I mean? We next are going to be talking about last night's AEW. So when we come back, stay tuned. We're talking all about AEW Dynamite from last night. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. out with a memorial it says in memory of Bobby Eaton once again rest in peace beautiful Bobby Eaton true legend in this business live from Pittsburgh baby we're going to start out with the MJF promo talking to Wardlow he says that he'll definitely beat Jericho tonight MJF is chewing an apple and he's going off on Jericho and then he says that Wardlow better get the job done and Wardlow says he's definitely going to win and then, then MJF says, oh, just like you beat Cody in the cage, right? So there's still some a little, you know, dissension over that. Opening matchup, we got the Seidel brothers, Matt and Mike, along with 19-year-old Dante Martin versus Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, and Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, the Elite. This matchup was an absolute banger. This was insane. By the way, when the Young Bucks were making their way to the ring, it was announced that Kenny Omega will be going against Christian Cage at All Out for the pay- for the world champion at the pay-per-view. Things I want to uh, point out in this match is Dante Martin is smooth as fuck. This guy is amazing. With all these veterans in the ring, Dante Martin is the standout opponent here. He's the standout man in this matchup. 
This was just amazing, amazing, amazing. The crowd was eating it all up. Dante Martin was pulling out things that didn't, he just defied gravity. And everything looked smooth. Like, nothing looked sloppy. The guy was just doing shit that was just so crazy. Like, yo, go out of your way to see this kid, man. Like, this kid is crazy, bro. And he was making, like, the Young Bucks and fucking Kenny Omega look like, damn, what do we have to do to put this guy down? I really do think Dante Martin has a really bright future in this business. In the end, though, the Elite pick up the victory, but holy fuck, that was a great matchup. Tony Schiavone then comes to the ring to interview the Elite, but Don Callis quickly cuts him off. Christian Cage then comes out. Don Callis calls Christian Cage a Stanford stooge. He says that Christian Cage is outnumbered. This leads to the Jurassic Express coming out to a massive pop. The crowd is all into this on the show, man. Everyone is just, like, getting huge pops. This is dope. Huge CM Punk chance for some reason, but, you know, we'll wait a couple days for that. But Don Callis says that Kenny cannot wait to kick out of Cage's finisher. Cage calls Don Callis a carny piece of shit. He plays to the Pittsburgh crowd. He says that he talked to Tony Khan, who, by the way, was in the office with Scott D.M. Moore, Impact Wrestling Vice President, well, President now. He says that on Friday, this Friday, on the very first episode of Rampage, Scott Moore and Tony Khan has agreed that not only will Christian Cage be going against Kenny Omega at All Out for the AEW World Champion, but in the opening matchup on Rampage, it will be Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage this Friday for the Impact Wrestling World Champion. This got a huge pop. We're going to see this matchup twice in the next couple weeks for two different titles. Very interesting booking here. But really cool to see... Finally, the Impact Wrestling Champion being defended on AEW television, really showing that they are, this is not a one-sided partnership. AEW is willing to give Impact Wrestling some shine. And we got that a lot on this show. We got the Good Brothers defending the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions on the show. We got Scott Demore on commentary on the show. It's announced that the first matchup in AEW Rampage history will be for the Impact Wrestling World Champion. So, really cool stuff here. Before they leave, though, Jungle Boy gets on the mics, and he says that he also talked to Tony Khan. And it is announced that next week on Dynamite, it will be the Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Champions. That should be a great matchup. Opening segment was absolutely phenomenal. I love the way this played out. Played out like an old-school, you know, Raw, where you had matches and promos and storyline development all within, like, the first 20 minutes. Next, we got Malachi Black video package. He says that he made good on his promise. So why is he the bad guy? He said, I now live in a world where telling the truth makes you bad and lying makes you good. He said, I told you exactly what I was going to do to Cody. And now I'm the bad guy. He says that Cody has one foot in the grave and he's going to make sure that he puts the other foot in the grave. September 29th. The Rhodes, uh, Cody Rhodes will get a reality show. I think this is why Cody Rhodes is probably being, uh, I guess, written off TV for a little bit. You know, he has a reality show coming out. Next, we got a video package for Miro. It will be Miro versus Fuego del Sol in the Rampage debut this Friday, tomorrow. Which is really cool because this means not only are we... But we also got Britt Baker and Red Velvet on this show. That means every... Besides the tag titles, every singles champion in AEW will be defended on Rampage. Danny Garcia 
along with 2.0. Next goes against Darby Allen. This was a really enjoyable match. Uh, Garcia is really good in the ring. I, I enjoyed his in-ring work, and I want to see more of him. Uh, 2.0 are, you know, I know they're talented, playing up the comedy stuff here. After the matchup, they got beat up by Sting and Darby. It is announced that next week it will be Sting stepping in the ring for the first time on Dynamite, along with Darby Allen to go against 2.0, so that should be fun. Next, we got a backstage promo with the full death triangle here. Phoenix is tired of Andrade. Pentagon says he wants Andrade first, but Pac says that he needs to focus on tag gold, and Pac says he wants Andrade. Pac says that it is he's an easy man to find and challenges Andrade to try and find him whenever, wherever. Next, we got a really fun matchup between Orange Cassidy, Wheeler Yuta, and Chucky Taylor versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. This was really fun. Like I said, yo, honestly, there's a lot of fun matches on this show. This matchup was not a match. I was like, oh, I got to watch this. Like, I wasn't really like, oh, I'm looking forward to this matchup. But was I surprised? Like, this was a really fun matchup. Something about this show was they just had some pretty, like, out there matches. But everything seemed to, like, everything seemed to hit well. Like, everything seemed to, you know, not only make sense, but actually deliver. Matt Hardy's family office picks up the victory here. They win a good matchup. Next, we got Andrade El Idolo and Chavo Guerrero cutting a promo backstage. Chavo says that Andrade wants Pac at All Out. Now, I called it from the beginning. I said if we got Pac versus Andrade, that has the potential to being one of the greatest matches in AEW history. And anybody that thinks I'm overstepping anything by saying that, listen... Andrade is one of the best luchadors today. Pac is one of the best wrestlers today. Why would they not have one of the best matches in AEW history? That has all the makings to be an amazing matchup. And it's going down at All Out. All Out, September 5th. looks like a super stacked show right now. We got a video package from Santana and Ortiz. They're calling out FTR. They said that where they're from... When you get hurt in a match, you do not stop. You finish the matchup. Cash Wheeler's a little bitch for getting cut up and like leaving the ring. They want a rematch. Next, we got Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander actually picks up the victory here. I 100% expected Nyla Rose to win, but Chris Statlander picks up the victory with Area 451. Really good matchup. We got a Young Bucks promo. This was great. The Young Bucks cut a promo. They said that next week it's going to be an easy layup for them to go against the Lucha, uh, the D- Jurassic Express. Nick goes for a layup, and then Lucha Swords comes out of nowhere and blocks him. Jungle Boy grabs the ball and dunks the ball in the hoop. Then Lucha Swords says, "No, no, no, not in my house," channeling his inner Dikembe Mutombo. We got a video package for Red Velvet talking about her matchup with Britt Baker this Friday. This also leads to Tony Schiavone bringing out Britt 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 Sorry. I'm telling you guys, I'm like not 100% here. I'm fucking sick as shit right now. But Britt Baker is brought out here by Tony Schiavone in front of her home crowd here in Pittsburgh. Or as she calls it, Brittsburg. The crowd was popping huge. They had the rally towels. They had everything. And man, did this crowd love their hometown girl. Britt Baker versus Velvet will go down as the main event of Rampage, it is announced. So that's going to be really, really cool. Red Velvet comes out randomly and attacks. I don't know if Red Velvet's supposed to be a heel now. 
But Britt Baker got a huge pop, and Red Velvet did not need to come out and provoke her and attack her, but whatever. It's announced that next week we'll be getting Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks once again. Their first matchup is really good, so I can't wait to see what's to come with this uh, feud here. Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions. The first ever time Impact Wrestling has a belt defended here on AEW Dynamite. It is the Good Brothers versus the Dark Order. We got Impact Wrestling President Scott Demore on commentary. I really love to see this other, you know, I love to see Impact Wrestling being shown on Dynamite since you got the AEW champion and all this AEW stuff on Impact. It's only right that we have the other side here with Impact being really showcased on Dynamite. Scott D'Amour was really good on commentary too. This was a really fun matchup. Good matchup. Great chemistry between the Good Brothers and the Dark Order. And there was many times in this matchup where it looked like the Dark Order was going to pick up the victory here and become the new Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions. I thought that that would be a shock. I thought that would really be cool to see here. But it does not come to fruition because in the end, the Good Brothers retain with the Magic Killer. Fun matchup. Speaking of the Forbidden Door and all this stuff with other promotions... We have NWA Women's Champion Camille here. She cuts a promo on Layla Hirsch and the matchup at NWA Empower. Tony Schiavone comes out to the ring. He brings out QT Marshall and Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado. And he says that QT wants to apologize. Tony, QT then gets on the mic and says that he wasn't saying that he was going to apologize. He wants Tony to apologize for the shit that he's been talking then the factory grabs Tony's son, who's training to be a wrestler. They grab his son from the crowd, bring him into the ring, and start beating him down while they hold Tony Schiavone back. Tony Schiavone apologizes reluctantly. You got QT Marshall hitting a diamond cutter on Tony Schiavone's son. And then, well, well, it's Paul White. <laughs> Paul White's here. He, uh, what's called, clears the whole ring. Everyone's scared of him. Aaron Solo runs at Paul White. Paul White hits a massive, massive choke slam. Really cool to see Paul White have Tony Schiavone's back here, being that they're broadcast partners on AEW Dark Elevation. Paul White versus QT Marshall probably going down at AEW All Out. That would be really cool. Next main event time, we got Chris Jericho versus MJ. Oh, Chris Jericho versus Wardlow in the fourth labor of Jericho. If Chris Jericho wins, he gets MJF next week. Chris Jericho picks up the victory when Wardlow and MJF distract the referee and Chris Jericho uses Floyd to hit Wardlow and then hits the Judas Judas effect on Wardlow. So we're getting next week MJF versus Chris Jericho. I thought it would be MJF versus Chris Jericho at the pay-per-view or you know one of these big shows coming up, but we're going to be getting it on Dynamite next week. I'm sure we'll probably have like a fuck finish and then have a rematch at the pay-per-view. But it is announced that if... Uh, well, first, there was a post-match beatdown, which led to Sammy Guevara helping Chris Jericho and getting a huge pop. Numbers games is just too much for them. MJF puts on the salt of the earth on uh, Chris Jericho's injured arm. Sean Spears and Wardlow is attacking Jericho. This leads to Jake Hager making the save. MJF announces that next week, the stipulation for their matchup is there is no Judas music, so he cannot get pumped up before the matchup with the crowd behind him, and there is no Judas effect. If Jericho uses the Judas effect then MJF automatically wins. MJF says that Chris Jericho didn't just meet his match. He met his successor. Next week is finally going down. MJF versus Chris Jericho. I'm sure would be the main event. The fifth labor of Jericho, the final labor of Jericho, should be really interesting. 
This was a good episode of AEW. Like I said, every match was fun. I sat through this shit so easily. And the funny shit is, when you have fun watching wrestling, it flies by. It didn't even feel like two hours, man. So when Rampage is on and it's fucking, you know, only an hour long and the show is fun to watch, I'm, I'm sure this is going to feel like 10 minutes, right? But definitely AEW Rampage, this table is set for this Friday, tomorrow, 10 o'clock Eastern on TNT. You do not want to miss it. Opening matchup will be Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. Then you'll get Miro versus Fuego Del Sol for the TNT World Heavyweight Champion. And in the main event, you got Britt Baker versus Red Velvet for the AEW Women's Champion. How much better can you get than that card? The opening card for Rampage is going to be stacked. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode of AEW. If not, hit me up. Tell me why you didn't like it. I personally loved it. But I hope everyone also gets ready to go back in time. Because when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be going to March 18th, 2006. We end every Thursday episode with TNA Impact making an impact. So stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. about the TNA Impact era from Spike TV and beyond. With TNA and Impact Wrestling getting a lot of shine now on AEW with 
me constantly talking about TNA on Tuesdays and Thursdays and all that. It's really a cool time to be an Impact Wrestling fan. So before we get into this show, I want to make sure that I shout out Impact Wrestling on Access TV every Thursday. You do not want to miss it. One of the most consistent wrestling shows. They re- they really are implementing the Forbidden Door. They have stars from NWA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, AAA, and of course, Impact Wrestling. You cannot miss what goes down every Thursday on Access TV at 8 o'clock Eastern. Impact Wrestling on Access is one of the most consistent wrestling shows, and we don't want to miss out on that. On this episode of Impact, we're talking about TNA Impact from March 18, 2006. This is the fallout show to what was an amazing Destination X pay-per-view that had the debut of Scott Steiner, that had a great Ultimate X match, and had Christian Cage retain his World Heavyweight Champion. So, let's see what we got going into the next pay-per-view. Let's see the fallout Destination X. Let's talk about the March 18th episode of TNA Impact Wrestling. We start out this show with a Destination X recap video. A lot of shit went down at Destination X. Planet Jared comes out to start out the show. They said that this time Sting is gone for good. Jeff Jarrett brings out Scott Steiner. He's making his Impact debut here. He says that he spit he says that he watches Impact, he watches TNA for a long time and he never got a call. He says that all these guys like Rhino and Team 3D got a call before he got a call. He says that he spits on Rhino. He says those fat asses Team 3D, he spits on Team 3D and then he says that Christian Cage is just the flavor of the month. And he said, how could this little skinny prick get a call before I get a call? He says, well, now he's here. And anywhere that Jeff Jarrett goes, he goes. He says that Sting is gone for good because he's scared like a little bitch. Woo! Woo! Scott Steiner with the mic is fucking gold, man. And you you never know what's going to come out this man's mouth. Next, backstage, Larry Zabisco says that on April 23rd, TNA will present Lockdown. Every match will be in a steel cage. And he says to get people ready and a preview of Lockdown, next week we'll have a six-size of steel match here on Impact. It will be Team 3D versus Team Canada. While he's saying this, though, Samojo barges into the uh, room. He interrupts. Samojo wants to get a rematch against Christopher Daniels. But Larry Zabisco says that he wants Joe to step out of the X Division. He has to start being more than the X Division. And he's going to name his opponent next week for lockdown, a guy that will be in the heavyweight division. We got World X Cup qualifier match. It is Maverick Matt Bentley versus Elix Skipper versus Sanjay Dutt. Very quick matchup. I thought they should have got more time. They all were putting out some really good uh, moves and sequences and everything seemed to make sense. That's why when it was cut so short, I was a little disappointed. But Sanjay Dub picks up the victory. He qualifies for the World X Cup along with Chris Sabin. Simon Diamond is now shown at the White Sox training camp. He's confronting AJ Brzezinski and then the White Sox then manager Ozzie Guillen takes him out with the steel chair. Interesting stuff. We next get a promo from Team 3D where they're singing the Canadian National Anthem and making their own lyrics, talking shit about Team Canada. We got Abyss versus Cassidy Riley in a squash match. Then we got a video package from Christian Cage. He says that he, you know, he's shooting a movie right now and that uh, he's ready for all challengers. Abyss is named number one contender and will be going against Christian Cage at lockdown. And Scott Demore, oh, not Scott Demore, uh, Father James Mitchell says that they're going to stalk and hunt him down in his own house. 
And then Alex Shelley comes and says that he'll record it. So we're going to have a home invasion by the Monster Abyss, it seems. We next get LAX, uh, Machete, and Homicide versus Shark Boy and Norman Smiley. And surprise, surprise, Shark Boy and Norman Smiley pick up the victory when Conan goes to hit Shark Boy with the slapjack and misses and hits Machete. Uh, after this, Conan and Homicide destroy Machete. They just jump him. They destroy him. This is probably what's going to lead to the debut of Hernandez. Finally, LAX was at his best form when it was Homicide, Conan, and Hernandez. Not Apollo. Not Machete. I'm really glad that Hernandez is coming soon. Main event time. We got Alex Shelley, Shannon Moore, and AMW versus AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Rhino. And the truth. This was a really good matchup. Team AJ Styles wins. AJ Styles, Daniels, Rhino, and the truth pick up the victory over uh, Planet Jared and Shannon Moore here. This was a good matchup. I gave it a 3 out of 5. This whole show was really good, actually. I gave this show a 3 out of 5. And it's setting up the table nicely for lockdown. And I'm excited that they're going to be bringing the Six Sides of Steel to Impact next week. I really enjoyed this episode. I hope you did, too. If you don't, if you haven't watched this episode, go on Impact Plus. Check out this episode episode of impact wrestling you should follow along it is so much fun to follow along with me as we go on this journey down the timeline of tna impact wrestling it is a very fun time period especially in this 2006 era which is probably one of my favorite years in tna wrestling i hope everyone has a great day i hope everyone enjoys their day check out impact wrestling on access tv tonight Stay safe, stay positive, stay strong. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube page and tune in tomorrow to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I love you guys. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 